Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Join in on a great conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the latest tricks and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome to the Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. The Spotlight focuses on highlighting stars, greats, and game changers. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, so please set your calendar to hear from the world's elite. Today's Spotlight interview is with Laura Crawford Williams, Wildlife and Wild Lands. But first, some breaking news for you. I'm going on television in the near future on another show called Revenue Chat TV. I'll be broadcasting over many platforms such as Amazon TV, Apple TV, Roku, the Voice America TV Network, and others. When it goes live, you'll see them on my mobile app at tonydurso.com slash mobile. Download that now and you'll see my other weekly talk shows. Column 1 has all the Spotlight episodes, such as this show you're listening to now. And Column 2 has my Revenue Chat radio podcasts, which feature elite entrepreneurs who discuss how they overcame obstacles and made it to success in their field. When the TV show comes on, you'll catch it on this app. So please go ahead and download it at tonydurso.com slash mobile. All right. Today, we set the stage for the spotlight to chat with Laura Crawford Williams, Wildlife and Wild Lands. Laura is a professional wildlife photographer and wildlife conservation advocate who's earned multiple national and international awards for her photography and continues to make headlines. She's been in all the great magazines such as National Geographic, Nature Conservancy, National Wildlife, Nature's Best, and others. And it's her mission to make a difference through her photography while encouraging others to explore their own wildlife world. Let's find out more about this. Here we go. Welcome to the Spotlight, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Laura, it's such an honor to meet you. I totally adore this topic. I'll talk a little bit more about why in just a moment here. And I just want to say I truly appreciate you taking the time from your travels and your photography to join us today on the Spotlight. And you as well. Thank you. My pleasure. Laura, first things first, I'd love to know what made you get into wildlife photography? Um, you know, I'd like to say that it was planned. I'd love to say that it was my mission. And, and this is since I was the age of four, knew exactly what I was going to do. I didn't. I did not. I, I was actually working in a software company. The um, software company was being sold. My division was being laid off. And my husband who was also working at the company, he was, he, he was going to keep working. He was, he's going to remain there. So we were in Iowa. We had been working, doing, um, uh, medical animation and, uh, entertainment, uh, multimedia. This is back in the nineties when they still said multimedia. Um, so he, he kept working in his division. My division was let go. And there really was nothing in, uh, in this Iowa area where I could do similar. So I, I ended up taking a job in New York City for half the month, and then coming home. So for the rest of the month, I had tons of time to walk with my dogs, kind of decompress after this was the dot-com you know, era, the very end of it. So if you had read anything about uh, you know, these, these startups during that era, we worked and worked, and, and really all of us ended up being quite burned out. So I was happy to walk in the prairies surrounding my home, take my dogs for a walk, and 
I started taking the camera along and was taking photographs mainly of insects and plants and all, you know, small macro, you know, all God's creatures, great and small, but I started quite small. Um, and, and soon I was, you know, got attracted to the wildlife, the challenge of photographing wildlife and, um, went to a conference by accident with a friend, showed an editor some images, and the next thing you knew, I was being published in National Wildlife Magazine. That is absolutely amazing. I love it. I love it. I, it's just amazing how I see that you've just gone from one thing to another, just natural, just very fluid there. And I'd like to share a little common reality with you. My wife is from Kenya, and she grew up with wild animals, you know, lions on the on the veranda, nice. wildebeest busting into the kitchen. She's yep. been there with the, you know, the most dangerous snake in the world that chases you, the, the black <laughs> mamba. And, and because of that association, I've loved animals. I love animals to such a point that our next, our next trip, road trip we're going to take is to Noah's Ark out there and, and take a look at there. And we actually donate to various animal shelters and we are, we donate to the Kevin Richardson Wildlife Sanctuary in South Africa. In fact, my last book, all the proceeds of elite entrepreneurs goes 100% to their wildlife sanctuary. So we just really love that. And I just can't get enough of it because they, these animals, they, you know, they need, they need, sometimes they need us. But, you know, I, I'm not trying to take any thunder, just trying to share a little common reality. Back to you now. I just wanted to share that. I've seen your. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. And you know, she's going to love this show. (laughs) Now, I've seen some of your videos. I haven't seen everything. And one of the things that impressed me is you have such a great team. I love how you guys work together, take all these great photos together, take your breaks. And I'd like you to share with us in the audience how important and valuable it is, is it, to have a good team when you're out there in the elements and you're out there with wild animals? Oh yeah, no, that's, that's invaluable. (laughs) We, um, this kind of, this whole, um, introduction to Southern South America happened, um, by accident again. Uh, I, my, I met this man, he became my partner. We initially began traveling in Southern South America. I had people asking, um, to come on workshops with me. They wanted me to teach and, um, you know, we would do these wildlife safaris and I did the first few in North America. I, I met this man who became my partner in my business partner in Southern South America. And we started doing the same down there. So we were traveling all over and bringing uh, clients from the States. Uh, this is really how it all started going all over the country and meeting all kinds of researchers and scientists and volunteers and students, um, in conservation, working in conservation in Southern South America. And, uh, really that's the first four years was just doing these tours, which we always included a conservation education component. Um, before I would take anyone out in the field, I would, for example, we would go to, uh, photograph Andean condors. We would first go to the Buenos Aires zoo and we'd meet with the condor rehabilitation program. They'd learn about the animals, um, donate if they would like to support the program. And then we'd go out, um, travel, you know, to wherever we were going, San Carlos de Bariloche or wherever, and do the photography. So this networking, as a result of these tours, with this conservation education included, resulted in knowing so many different people working with so many different species all across Argentina, Chile, uh, Brazil, and Bolivia. <clears throat> 
Um, as a result, when organizations began asking me to come to do the conservation photography, um, I, I already had a team in place. I had numbers and I had people I could call that were interested. Um, we always had uh, a mountaineer expert. If we were up in the, in the Andes mountains, we always had a second um, vehicle with, um, you know, an, another uh, guide to help support if we had flat tires, which we had many of, or broke down or needed um, to, you know, want the vehicle to take the clients away and us to go someplace else to fix the vehicle. Because we really were traveling in these phenomenally remote areas. Uh, we always, um, we had one man that was a firefighter and he was also um, uh, a trained medical personnel. We had interns that had worked with all kinds of organizations such as Tompkins Conservation, uh, who were very savvy about the animals and the landscape. Um, and then the scientists and the researchers who oftentimes were taking us to the locations to find these threatened and endangered species. So this was a fantastic support group, a fantastic network of people that uh, I have always said we would not have been able to get the imagery, the videos, the, the photographs that we did without their help and support. Totally get it. And I can see that from all the photos. And it's just an incredible and impressive team. Just really, really good to just see that. And you've been in North America, South America. You've done a lot. I think part of your claim to fame is particular regions there. I'd like to know, first of all, what's your favorite part of the world or let's say your favorite region where you love to photo? <laughs> I think I'm the kind of creature that uh, my favorite region is the area I haven't quite been able to explore yet <laughs> it's that other place over that hill over there <laughs> it's that where's that road lead to place uh -huh. yeah i do love that i loved patagonia i loved argentina i really loved chile i love um torres del paine national park uh one of my very favorite places to go i um would love to spend more time in uh in asian countries i'm i'm actually quite interested in some of the northeastern areas of russia uh, so there's there's a lot. There's so much to explore. Very cool on that. Laura, could you tell us a little bit of the about the conservation in southern South America? I've seen so many photos from there with such a diverse amount of animals and creatures. I just like to know how how is that area? And could you kind of describe it for us? Um, the the area in terms of in terms of ecosystem and, and diversity is incredible. You, we worked, and at one point we tracked, we, we literally took a physical map of, you know, beneath the southern cone or within the southern cone, um, and we took a pink highlighter, and we, we used all of our GPS tracks, and we highlighted all of the areas we had gone, and we covered, it was all pink, I mean, it was neon, it was glowing. <laughs> So um, it's, we, we spent coastal Patagonia, Andean Patagonia. We were in the, the rainforest areas and the temperate grasslands in La Pampa. We were in the northeast in, in um, Esteros del Iberá, which is like the third, I think, largest wetland in the world. Um, these are incredible, diverse places, and they have animals that, uh, you know, we, we know about all the diversity of animals in, in South Africa and in Africa. Um, they get a lot of attention. Um, these animals, people are asking me, you know, when I've done other interviews, well, well, so what's so unique about this? I said, well, have you heard of the maned wolf? The what? Never heard of that. No. Have you heard of the, you know, South American tapir? Have you heard of the giant anteater? There's so many animals that, that we're unfamiliar with in North America that, um, that are struggling down there because conservation is a relatively new concept in many of these areas. 
it's been my mission just to try to uh, bring some att- attention to those species and the diversity and especially to the people that are working to support uh, these animals uh, to preserve their habitat um, because it's a, it's a bit different than in North America. You're, you're still, you're dealing with uh, things that perhaps are more common in Africa. Uh, you've got poverty, you've got poaching, not to sell animals, but to survive, to eat. You've got other issues of, um, you know, Estancia's trying, struggling to keep up and graze all of their cattle. And when you have drought and this extreme weather, the grass isn't growing. And so there's, there's so many different challenges uh, that are a bit unique to that area. And the people doing that work really are doing it as their own labor of love. There's very little compensation to them for the amount of time and the effort spent in the field. That's extraordinary. And you know, I'd like to get everyone zoned into this. We're talking about wildlife photography. So to our spotlight audience, please go to lcwphoto.com and explore these breathtaking photographs while hearing this interview. It's going to really help a lot. And by the way, you mentioned the the tapir. That shot is so cool. You would think that that animal actually posed for you. I actually love that shot. And I was thinking in my head, what's the name of that animal again? What's the name? And then you said the tapir. And I was like, of course. Great, great photography. All right, Laura, back to you. Anyways, Spotlight audience, check out these photos and you'll get so much more out of this interview. So let's zone in and give you another dimension on that. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, the chat continues with Laura Crawford Williams, Wildlife in Wildlands. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey guys, Tony D'Urso here. And I have to say thank you. Thanks a million. A million downloads, that is. Go to TonyDURSO.com slash donation and read all about the exciting next adventure we have in store for you. That's TonyDURSO.com slash donation. And once again, thanks a million. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Now, back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight. Today's show is with Laura Crawford Williams, Wildlife and Wildlands. Laura traveled for eight years and over 270,000 kilometers in southern South America. Wildlife and Wildlands is the result of her work with scores of conservation-minded individuals committed to the protection of wildlife and wildlands in countries such as Argentina, Bolivia, and Brazil. All right, and now back to the chat with Laura. I would love if you could describe some of these wonderful creatures just a little bit more and perhaps what draws you to them. I mean, we've seen zoos, we've seen pictures, but you're out there with them. They're wild. They're, they don't know man. They don't know people. I've seen, I've seen a video, a mountain lion walks right in front of you. So yeah. I'd love it if you could describe a little bit more of these creatures, the interaction, just kind of bring us into like from, you know, we're out there looking through the photo lens with you. Well, um, let's see. One of the places I spent a great deal of time is uh, actually uh, coastal Patagonia. Um, this is called the Valdez Peninsula. And there's a very unique uh, pod of orcas that live around this peninsula. Um, they're unique because of their hunting behavior. Um, I've forgotten the number of, of the complete pod, but I believe that there are only eight members of it that do a special kind of hunting. And they all happen to be female. Um, where they literally will rush onto the beach um, at high tide when the younger seals or sea lions are actually um, learning how to swim. It's, I know, kind of sad, but it's, this is wildlife. It's kind of a brutal beauty. But they do this incredible coordinated hunting to, and then to, 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 to get the animal where they want it, and then another one will come rushing up out onto the beach to catch um, the pup. And it's an incredible thing to see. Because wow, you can, what a visual. I'm just, I, I must be reading your mind because I'm seeing the whole thing almost in 3D <laughs> and it's like, oh my goodness. And when you see them do it in a coordinated fashion, sometimes you don't even know it's coordinated. One of the, the larger females, Jasmine, came rushing up onto the beach to get a, a seal. And all of a sudden her, her partner shows up beside her, which you couldn't imagine that this giant animal could be hiding in such, you know, shallow water. But there she is. And once the pup is caught... Um, it's, you know, she appears and then they take it out and they share with the rest of the family. The, um, I think the most amazing moment in my entire 18 years doing wildlife photography is actually the video you're talking about with the puma that is walking right in front of me. That one was taken in Torres del Paine National Park in Chile. 
uh, an incredible, incredible park. Uh, we preferred to go there in winter simply because the puma were much easier to track, not to mention the beautiful you know, landscape with the animals, the cats and the snow. But we had been going to that park for three years. And the first year we saw nothing. This is a, a huge Patagonian landscape with these amazing mountains kind of central, um, you know, to this panorama and this beautiful, the first time actually there was no snow. So there was, we didn't find any animals and this was two to three weeks of searching with the very specific guide that's connected with the park personnel. The next year we went back to do the same and we, I think our best shot was Puma tracks in the snow. <laughs> so three weeks and we could never get close. We never found, we never uh, were successful in the, in the photography. The third year, uh, it was incredible snow, so much so that we were up to our thighs trying to break trails to get to where we needed to be. Um, from a very, very far distance, we spotted these, uh, what we thought was actually one cat in the beginning. And, and I mean, we're, we're, we're using binoculars and it's still just a dot. These animals um, are not used to people. This is the back country of this park where, where usually you do not see people going. And they, humans are, we're not considered their food. They know, they know that they hunt Wanako. Wanako is a type of, of, of llama camel like mix, um, that's found all over these areas in Patagonia. They are looking to hunt Wanako. And so they know we're there, but the trick is you have to approach them in a way that they accept your presence. You have to be invited into their world because they know you're there far, far sooner than you know they are there. This isn't an animal that really works with, you can't use blinds. They, they smell you, they see you, they hear you um, well in advance. So you go out, you hike. We had, uh, you know, our specialist uh, Puma guide, we spot ears, literally just ears over a rock. I, I couldn't believe he was able to even see them for what they were. And then we slowly move our way closer um, when we get to a certain distance where we know the cats know we're there, um, the, the, the guide turns it over to me because it's, it's my job to watch the behavior to see if I am intruding upon their world or changing their behavior in any way or stressing them in any way, which is a, a, a core issue I have with a lot of wildlife photographers who are, are not so careful with the animals. We get to a certain position and we think, okay, well, we're going to stop. Let's just rest. Let's see what they do. And they went right back to their normal behavior. There was two in a little cave behind some rocks. They were grooming each other. We sat there for a while with them. They were unconcerned. So we would slowly get up and move again. And you move in this kind of crab-like way. So you're not going directly at them. You never want to approach from above them. That's a threatening position. So we finally get quite close. And they are just absolutely unconcerned with our presence. And even the guide who's been there for, you know, decades is, you know, jaw dropping, couldn't believe it. All of us are, are thrilled to death. We're in the middle of nowhere, Chile. And these two animals are just happy to let us be uh, guests in their world. And uh, we, we get to a position. I decide it's as far as we need to go. We have long lenses. We don't need to, you know, push them any farther in terms of how much they'll take or not. Um, they groomed for another, I don't know, 20 minutes. And we were all just kind of standing there. And that's the video, video you saw that the behind me is my partner. 
But suddenly, one of the cats, like a light bulb just went right off over her head. Um, She stands up and she starts to move towards us. I got a little concerned because she decided to take the high road. And like I mentioned to you just a moment ago, if an animal decides to come at you from above, you're in a more vulnerable position. So we were a little concerned. Um, this, you know, we, we, we don't have any protection. This is a national park. We certainly wouldn't do anything. But, you know, the guys are kind of at this point, these are my, my black belt and EMT and firefighters are shivering behind me kind of saying, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I said, just don't run, just like the, you know, Jurassic Park movie. And uh, everybody, <laughs> everybody kind of literally, if you, when you do see the video, it is on the website, um, you see my head in frame because they're literally like behind me holding my back. Um, the cat came towards us. She was a little bit above. She turned directly in front of my tripod. She stopped for maybe a second, half a second, and then she just kept going. And she just was kind of letting us know, hey, you know, I'm here and I'm going to check you out a little bit. She went right in front of us. And we ended up uh, spending a total of about three hours with these two cats. Uh, and, and at that point, we had, didn't have to do anything. We've, we kind of got into a central location and they played and they hunted and they groomed and they lounged all around us. And it was an incredible experience. That is absolutely remarkable. I am so impressed by that. They felt so comfortable with you guys. You guys weren't threatening. You didn't take any evasive actions. That let them know that you were safe and you're good. Plus, I think that cat was actually came to the tripod because the cat wanted to get some photos taken. (laughs) She was saying, this is my better side. That's right. Now, not to be too silly, but I, I get silly sometimes. But just something about what you were just saying made me start thinking of that, that movie, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, where Sean Penn is doing the, doing the wildlife photography and he's, and he's doing a photography of a, a snow leopard. And I was just thinking of, because that movie, it, it's kind of silly, but it puts you in that on how that photographer is with the wild animals. Whether it was very true or not, I'll take your rendition better, but it just kind of reminds me of that because it's, yeah, you're on their turf. And if you're quiet and respectful... They leave you alone is is the way it seems, unless they're hungry. I bet those cats weren't hungry. <laughs> yes. Well, these are what, no matter what you're doing, where you're going, how you're doing it. First, you got to make sure you have an expert. You got to make sure you've, you, you've met and talked with the scientists. You, you got to meet the locals who know the animals. We knew the park rangers who knew all the animals in the area. This guide had worked with, all, knew exactly who these two cats were, um, was very familiar. It was, two, it was sisters. So we had enough knowledge going in. We know that no one's died in Torres del Paine National Park as a result of a cat attack. Um, these animals are very particular. They want guanaco, and when they can't hunt guanaco, they go for these European hares that are invasive species there. Um, so w- you have to have a lot of preparation and knowledge, and you got to be connected to the right people in order to put yourself in the best position to get images that are of natural behaviors. That those are the only way. That's the only way you can create an image that has an emotional impact because this animal's allowed you to. Um, be a guest in its world and, and witness what it does on a daily basis um, and, and do it in a way where obviously they're not stressed, they're not worried, the ears aren't back, the tails aren't twitching, they're not concerned. These animals, when they didn't, when they had had enough of us, they walked away and that's how we left it. They did not um, get pursued once they decided that they had had enough. That's impressive as well as harrowing to be with the wild animal that could have 
in a way, could have killed all of you guys if they really wanted to. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, we're going to find out more from Laura Crawford Williams, Wildlife and Wildlands. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influence celebrity friends and experts as they speak about health wealth beauty lifestyle business the love of giving and the love of living a model life tune in every tuesday at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on the voice america influencers channel the future of online tv is here view exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else visit voiceamerica.tv today Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight. Today's show is with Laura Crawford Williams, Wildlife and Wild Lands. Laura says, I don't understand why we allow the ongoing loss of unique, fragile, and irreplaceable beauty in a world full of people searching for purpose and meaning. Why would we ignore the continued elimination of its wonders? What you permit, you promote. This is an important concept that too many people forget. End quote. All right. And back to the chat with Laura. And while that was tense and suspenseful, I'd love to know, were there in your 18 years now, I believe, in your 18 years of shooting and photographing wild animals, have you had any, let's say, dangerous experiences? Somebody got hurt or something went really bad? Something went wrong? No. um, No one has ever been harmed or hurt. Uh, by a wild animal in uh, whether I was doing tours with with um, inexperienced clients or with um, anyone in the field uh, never even the researchers I, I think uh, I can't even think of one moment where an animal was the cause of any kind of uh, an injury in any way shape or form now did we have some moments where we were worried or tense or afraid Yes, there were moments of probably um, not very many. You could probably, in fact, most of them were in Southern South America. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry, not South America, South Africa, where your wife is from. So 
Um, in terms of Southern South America, I think there was one time with a, an elephant seal, uh, a male, that had us in a bad position. We, we didn't know. We weren't expecting it. We were in a cove. And we were working with penguins, and this alpha male beachmaster came up. Um, it was just after season onto this beach, which trapped us and put us in a bad position. Um, so that we had to end up going very close to the animal to actually to to get out before it was dark, and we had a long way to go. We wouldn't have been able to to find our way back in the dark. So I think that was probably the most harrowing <laughs> um, in southern South America. The the cats. I tend to have the personality when the moment begins that that behavior is in question and things could go wrong. I get uh, I don't get afraid. I get focused. And so um, so perhaps I'm not the best person to ask. We should get my partner on the line. <laughs> he might give you a different opinion. <laughs> no problem. Good thing you don't have my wife with you on those because she would just run and start hugging these animals. That's 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 how she is. She is she of course growing up where she grew up and the the stories and environment she's been in. She has no fear. There's no such thing as fear to her yeah. with any wild animal. They're just beautiful creatures, and she's been out there with the lions and everything. And it's like they're just big teddy bears to her. Yeah. yeah. Now I'd love to know if. You travel abroad very often. I'd like to know, do you go on specific projects or do you go where the magazines want some photos from? Basically, do you call the shots and write your own tickets or do you like go out on projects? I create my own projects and I create my own types of imagery that I want to get. And then I come back with those and I, I sell to, to editors. Fortunately for me, I've been able to turn everything that I've, I do in wildlife, uh, excuse me, wildlife and conservation photography into a nonprofit endeavor. I, it, it has always been my dream to be able to do that. Like I said, after about four years of doing these tours, I would come back with imagery and, and sold to a lot of magazines as well as textbooks and calendars. And I even have like uh, Bradbury sculptures made from some of my photography, which just makes me laugh. But uh, I was able to make this uh, my own projects and my own locations I made the decisions. The It was usually an exchange of services. For example, uh, we met, I don't know if you're familiar with Chris and Doug Tompkins of Tompkins Conservation, but these are huge wildlands philanthropists in Southern South America, whom we met through a mutual friend in the very early days of doing the tours. They um, became friends and uh, slowly began inviting us to come to these amazing properties that through their foundation they were buying and um, an immense wildlands philanthropist taking thousands and thousands of acres and turning them into national parks and then donating them back to governments. Um, they, Chris and Doug are best known for creating companies like Esprit way back in the eighties. I think it was the eighties, um, the North face and Patagonia clothing companies. I've heard of all of them. Yes. Well, the, the, these are, those were companies that they helped create um, they fell in love with adventure, outdoor adventure, and then they fell in love with Patagonia and Southern South America, and they do incredible work down there. Well, over the years, we'd stay in contact. We'd see them both in the States as well as in Southern South America. And then through one of their project coordinators that was working on a very endangered bird, one of the most endangered in the world called the hooded grebe, uh, invited us to come and do photography all over these new Estancia areas they were buying to, uh, in the future, become Patagonia National Park. 
so in 2000, I think it was 12, 13, we actually, no, it was 11, 12 and 13. We went out to these areas and did, um, documentation of every type of animal and plant we could find and turn that over to them and to these researchers and scientists and groups so they could use them in educational materials as well as, uh, for, you know, promos and advertising. A lot of it, um, mainly for the locals because it was very important. It is very important for them to, um, be sure that the locals are comfortable when this land is changed from family hands and historic estancias, which is the equivalent of a ranch, um, and, and becomes a park, uh, or, or for wildlife. This is kind of hard for some of these people to reconcile because they've grown up on these lands, killing Puma because they attack their sheep. So there's, there's a, an, an education process involved as well as an inclusion process showing them that they can become part of this. It can be become part of their economy, etc. Totally got it. And by the way, I share in the sorrow of on the loss of Doug Tompkins. He's a very, yes. very good man, great person. And I know he was in process and was going to write the foreword for the new book we're going to talk about in a second. And I'm equally impressed at the fact that Argentina's current president, Mauricio Macri, or if I pronounce that right, he wrote mm-hmm. the foreword of your for your new book. He did, yes. Um initially so let me go back a little bit in time. I think it was right around 2000, let's see, 2014-15, um, an organization called Fundación Parques Nacionales um, of Argentina in Buenos Aires. Uh, it's a private uh, organization that helps support the national parks system in Argentina. Three men came to me, Claudio and Daniel Hirsch, as well as a man named Dylan Williams, not related, and they asked if... I would be interested in doing a book of, uh, you know, wildlife photography from, from Argentina. Initially it was simply going to be in the national parks and only in Argentina. But as the, you know, the ideas grew and, and the project built, we decided to be inclusive and do Southern South America and go beyond uh, the national park system as well. And they are directly connected to the government and the um, national parks association, which is under the guidance of the president of Argentina. Ah, okay. So initially, uh, the president of Argentina at the time we started was still uh, Christina Kirshner, um, who was not quite so friendly to conservation. So we we had um, not considered her writing the forward, and we reached out to Doug, um, whom I had been helping Doug on a number of their projects down in, in Chile, uh, providing photography for the um, visitor centers down there, the brand new ones in Pumalín. In Chacabuco, in Chile, and so um, we asked if he would do the forward, and he very graciously agreed. So um, that was the plan. But yes, like you mentioned, he did have a tragic accident and was killed while kayaking. So um, Dylan and Claudio then approached um, Macri, who was by this time now in position, and he agreed. What an amazing story! Thank you for sharing that. And again, sorry about Doug. Yeah. And that opens up to, could you tell us in the audience some about your, your new book, Wildlife and Wildlands, as well as how to get it and so forth? Sure. Um, well, it's Wildlife and Wildlands, Photography for Conservation in Southern South America. Uh, it's a 244-page uh, book. It's in English and Spanish. There are, let's see, six chapters of wildlife photography, 
by Habitat. And then there is one chapter of uh, the backstory of we call Between Frames of us working in the field and some of our goofy moments and some of our uh, more interesting moments and, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of working in the field in the middle of nowhere. Let's see, I think there's about 150 um, fine art photography. My, my photography tends to be more artistic than documentary. And um, the, like you said, the forwards by the president of Argentina. And uh, that, that's, I think, a, a, good, a good description. It's, it's a, I, I'm very happy with the result. I, I'm very proud of it, which is hard for me to say because I'm usually more critical of myself than I should be. Uh, it was released, let's see, November 1st, 2017. And um, the website is wildlifeinwildlands.com, and it is available on Amazon.com. Thank you, Laura. Is that wildlifeandwildlands.com? Um, I'm sorry, no, it's wildlifeinwildlands.com. Wildlifeinwildlands.com. Yes. And I've got something to add to that. I saw it on one of your videos to our spotlight audience. There are photos and images of wildlife, fowl, animals, creatures that you will never see anywhere else in the world except in this book, Wildlife in Wildlands. You've got to get this book and go to that website we just said and check it out. These photos are amazing. I've seen some I've perused through. Each one is breathtaking. and I'm still so impressed at what you've done. And these were all taken way out there you you devote so much of your time your energy and your life to bring us these photos so i i encourage everyone please check this stuff out and support the project thank you that would be great this is the spotlight with tony dierso just ahead laura shares more insights and her contact info but first it's time for us to take a short break see you back here in just a moment Hey guys, Tony Dierso here, and I have to say thank you. Thanks a million. A million downloads, that is. Go to TonyDurso.com slash donation and read all about the exciting next adventure we have in store for you. That's TonyDurso.com slash donation. And once again, thanks a million. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on The Spotlight. Today's show is with Laura Crawford-Williams, Wildlife in Wild Lands. Laura says, Before my wildlife began, life was pretty calm. I earned a master's degree at the John Hopkins University School of Medicine in biomedical and surgical illustration and bachelor's degrees in visual arts and scientific illustration at the University of Georgia. Professional experience outside of photography includes scientific illustration, 3D animation, and educational as well as entertainment software production. Yep, boring. End quote. And now, back to the chat. I saw that you had a quote somewhere on your site, and it mm-hmm. could be the, the one that I mentioned earlier, which was lcwphoto.com. It might be that, but I'm going to read this to the audience because I have a question on it. This is your quote. You wrote, our world is full of unique, fragile, and irreplaceable beauty. In the face of difficult times, it is the natural world that healed me calmed me and inspired me. I remain desperate to protect it, every tiny amazing piece of it. And I want to say that quote gives me shivers and it really shows your purpose and your motivation. And I just love that quote. And it also begs, I think, a very important question. It probably begs a lot of questions, but one particular question that it's begging is, how can you, how can a a wildlife photographer actually protect or help to protect our wildlife? I believe in baby steps for everything. I've had a lot of people ask me, how do I do this? And how do I get into wildlife photography and and then into the conservation? And I'm not sure how I can be, you know, of meaning and pertinent or have an effect. And I I, I try to let them get through their, their questions and then say, okay, come down, let's breathe. It's baby steps. Let's all start first, just as human beings and, and, help to remind people of the importance of the natural world in our life, the the connection that we all have to it inherently. What is it we want to do when we are stressed and unhappy? We want to go to the beach. We want to relax. We want to see a beautiful rainbow. Look at the number of animal videos on social media. We laugh at them. We connect to them. There's just a connection that's there. So first feel the passion. First enjoy the connection. Start reminding, especially children these days that stay inside, communicate digitally. More and more adults are not going out and they're afraid of nature. Just remind people, just, just don't forget the importance of that diversity and the things that we learn and the, the, the way that, you know, contemplating um, 
the natural cycle of one species, it, it can blow your mind when you learn and you hear what these animals do and how they have evolved. Stay open to that. Stay connected to that. And then if you love photography, don't quit your day job right away, but go slowly. Take your camera like I did. I was I was working half the month in New York City, and then I was taking pictures in the prairie. I was walking my dogs. Then I left the dogs home because they were scaring the wildlife away. <laughs> Start showing those photos to people. Start learning, seeing if you have a talent for it. Start asking people you admire and respect what they think about it. And And if you have the passion, if you have the drive, if you have the energy, if, as you move forward, each little baby step at a time, the path does tend to unfold. And this is what happened with me. I, I was wondering, you know, way back when my very first website had the mission statement in hopes of presenting the natural world as an emissary for its own preservation. That was, I thought like, wow, that would be my ultimate goal. If I could have, if I can in some way meet this goal and it just started small stories, editors buying photographs, going to South America, meeting someone who wanted to start a company, being introduced to the people really working with these unique species, developing those relationships. It takes time. You do your baby steps, you move forward, you keep your passion and you just, you know, you keep trying and don't give up. I love it. So true. Such great wise words. And you know, we all think we're really good as photographers, especially with wonderful cameras on every cell phone. I was an amateur photographer way back when. And so I say to everyone, you've got your cell phone. Go out there. Listen to what Laura says. Enjoy this world. It's ours. Go out there. Have some fun. Take pictures of wonderful animals and beings and, 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 and creatures and share that with the world. And the more I think, the more that we share our our neighbors, our creatures, our wildlife, the more we share that with the world, the more respect there is for them to let them live, let them have their peace. And I think, and as you said, with the baby steps, that just takes us to another better place as a civilization. So I just love that. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well, great. Laura, before we go, would you like to provide any contact information of how our audience can get a hold of you, please? Absolutely. Um, feel free to email me at Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at lcwphoto.com. And that's photo with a P-H. Laura at lcwphoto.com. Well, excellent. Thank you so much. You've shared. You've brought us into your world. And I really, I hope it's not just me, but I really feel while you were just des describing some of these, that I was out there in the fields, in the mountains, in that grotto you know, in wherever you are on that beach, taking and looking and interacting with nature. And you've really zoned me in. And I hope that our audience increases their appreciation of wildlife, as we just mentioned before. So I just want to thank you for taking that time and sharing all of this with us, Laura. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me and spending time talking with me as well. Well, excellent, excellent. And again, an amazing interview with Laura Crawford Williams, Wildlife and Wild Lands. Thanks again, Laura. And I also want to say to our Spotlight audience, thank you very much. It's our honor to have you listen. All right, everyone, keep your focus on success, and I'll see you next on the Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
Now, enjoy the weekend.